right, everybody. Welcome to episode nine of Getting Stoned with your host, Stone Petoskey. All right, first off, I'm gonna send y'all a big, big old hug, man. Big old hug. Come on up in there. Feel that hug, feel that hug. I'm giving it, giving it. Oh, lots and lots and lots of love, lots of positivity. Giving it up in there, man. Mm, man. We need that. We need that love. We need that positivity. We need that strength. Oh, always, always, always good. Always good to, to, to share that, to feel that, to know that, that, uh, that you're loved, that you're, that you're beautiful, that you're a miracle, uh, that you matter. Yes, that you matter. I'm going to just say it right off the top here, black lives matter. That's, that's, that's an undeniable, undeniable fact of life. It always has been, it always will be. And if, uh, if you're not feeling that, then uh, yeah, I, I, send you, I send you even more love because and compassion. Because, y'all, you need to just uh, understand that it's... Um, We just gotta do better, man. This isn't cool. Never has been cool. Never will be cool. Love and respect everybody. You know, we all bleed red. Uh, black lives matter. And, uh, you know, coming from a white cat, you know, it's important that, uh, you know, I recognize that it's, um, that it's for me, it's, it's about listening and, um, and about loving, and about listening some more, and about loving some more, and uh, yeah, so um, so that's 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 what I'm gonna do. Uh, that's what I'm gonna do, and uh, I'm gonna keep on doing it. So I want y'all to know I stand in solidarity with with uh, with everyone who's who's rising up, who's who's speaking to uh, to it, to the racism, to the intolerance, to the hatred, to the systemic um, oppression um, that must be that must be talked about, that must be changed. Um, rising up to that and meeting that head on, head on, people. One love. We are in this together, and. Um, we can do better, much better, and we must. We must do better. It's uh, be loving, be compassionate, be supportive, be understanding, all those things. And then repeat and do it again and again and again. Um, you know, every mama loves their child, whether they're black, brown, red, yellow, or white. You know? Um, we just we gotta we gotta step up on this and 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 make that change make that change. So again, much love and positivity. Oh, I'm gonna uh, like I said, I'm gonna listen. So and in that in that respect, uh, right now we're gonna we're gonna do some readings like we always do, and uh, I'm gonna read uh, from a couple of individuals. The uh, the first one I'm gonna read from today is. Uh, Gentleman by the name of Mr. Gil Scott Heron. Uh, this is a P 
piece of work of his, some amazing words, an amazing song that speaks to, uh, speaks to the moment, um, any moment, but uh, certainly, particularly this moment. And uh, the revolution will not be televised. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiru Agnew to eat hog maws confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the Schaefer Award Theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bo Winkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nubs. The revolution will not take you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie May pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner. At 8.32, on report from 29 districts, the revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on a rail with a brand new process. There will be no motion or still lifes of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Green Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant. And women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on search for tomorrow. Because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of hairy armed women liberationists and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Keyes, nor sung by Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert, Humperdinck, or the Rare Earth. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised. 
will not be televised. Will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Thank you, Mr. Gil Scott Heron. All right, we're going to do a little reading from a gentleman by the name of Mr. James Baldwin. The American Negro has the great advantage of having never believed the collection of myths to which white Americans cling that their ancestors were all freedom-loving heroes, that they were born into the greatest country the world has ever seen, or that Americans are invincible in battle and wise in peace, that Americans have always dealt honorably with Mexicans and Indians and all other neighbors or inferiors, that American men are the world's most direct and virile, that American women are pure. Negroes know Americans what parents or anyways mothers know about their children and that they very often regard white Americans that way. And perhaps this attitude, held in spite of what they know and have endured, helps to explain why Negroes, on the whole, and until lately, have allowed themselves to feel so little hatred. The ten tendency has really been, insofar as this was possible, to dismiss white people as the slightly mad victims of their own brainwashing. I know what the world has done to my brothers and how narrowly he has survived it. And I know, which is much worse, and this is the crime of which I accuse my country and my countrymen, and for which neither I, nor time, nor history will ever forgive them, that they have destroyed and are destroying hundreds of thousands of lives and do not know it, and do not want to know it. One can be, indeed one must strive to become, tough and philosophical concerning destruction and death. For this is what most of mankind has been best at since we have heard of man. But remember, most of mankind is not all of mankind. But it is not permissible that the authors of devastation should also be innocent. It is the innocence which constitutes the crime. You were born where you were born and faced the future that you faced because you were black and for no other reason. The limits 
of your ambition were, thus, expected to be set forever. You were born into a society which spelled out with brutal clarity, and in as many ways as possible, that you were a worthless human being. You were not expected to aspire to excellence. You were expected to make peace with mediocrity. Wherever you have turned, James, in your short time on this earth, you have been told where you could go and what you could do and how you could do it and where you could live and whom you could marry. I know your countrymen do not agree with me about this and I hear them saying, you exaggerate. They do not know Harlem and I do. So do you. Take no one's word for anything, including mine. But trust your experience. Know whence you came. There is no reason for you to try to become like white people, and there is no basis whatever for their impertinent assumptions that they must accept you. The terrible thing, old buddy, is that you must accept them. And I mean that very seriously. You must accept them and accept them with love. For these innocent people have no other hope. They are, in effect, still tramped in a history, still trapped in a history which they do not understand. And until they understand it, they cannot be released from it. They have had to believe for many years and for innumerable reasons that black men are inferior to white men. Many of them, indeed, know better. But, as you will discover, people find it very difficult to act on what they know. Life is tragic simply because the earth turns and the sun inexorably rises and sets. And one day, for each of us, the sun will go down for the last, last time. Perhaps the whole root of our trouble, the human trouble, is that we will sacrifice all the beauty of our lives We'll imprison ourselves in totems, taboos, crosses, blood sacrifices, steeples, mosques, races, armies, flags, nations, in order to deny the fact of death, the only fact we have. It seems to me that one ought to rejoice in the fact of death, ought to decide, indeed, to earn one's death by confronting with passion the conundrum of life. One is responsible for life. It is the small beacon in that terrifying darkness from which we come 
and to which we shall return. Thank you, Mr. James Baldwin. Thank you.